Dylan Gabriel coming full circle with a game against his former team coming up this Saturday. Danny Stutzman making all the list and some big time recruiting nuggets coming your way on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com/slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy at prizepicks.com/slash locked on college. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him. Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the KREF Sports app. And Josh, this Saturday in Norman, 11 a.m. Central Time, the Oklahoma Sooners welcome the UCF Knights. It's their second game against a brand new Big 12 program this year after beating Cincinnati 20 to 6 in their Big 12 opener. But this one has a little bit different kind of a special meaning to it as Gabriel welcomes in his former team and former coach, Gus Malzahn and the Knights. And of course, Jeff Levy uh, spent time with Dylan Gabriel at UCF. So yeah, there's a lot of threads that connect the two programs. How much does it factor in, in your mind? I don't think a ton for Dylan Gabriel. I think, you know, if the game was being played at the bounce house, maybe there's, there's more to this, but the fact that it's in Norman and to me, Dylan Gabriel, now this again probably isn't the same for UCF fans. I, I kind of remember back to when Dylan Gabriel made the move to Oklahoma. You'd see some Twitter comments here or there about, oh, he's focused more on name image likeness. Or There wasn't always rosy things from the UCF fans for Gabriel uh, on his arrival to Oklahoma, but I don't think Gabriel didn't leave UCF on negative terms. So there's no bad blood for him on his end of the equation, which – you know, a lot of times when you start getting into, okay, are they going to be too high, too low for a game? The emotions, I don't think, are going to be something that Dylan Gabriel is going to be caught up in. I think this year altogether, Gabriel's come in with a bit of a chip on his shoulder anyway. This game is no different than, I think, how he's approached every game and that he's coming out to prove a point that what people had to say about him a year ago isn't necessarily accurate. Yeah, I mean, there were there were ways that he could have been better, but he's shown that he's improved in a lot of those areas this year, and he's been on a tear. I mean, there's a reason why he's risen to number two in the Heisman odds, according to FanDuel. It's because he's having a phenomenal season and putting together some big-time moments, and this is just another opportunity for him to go do that. Maybe there's some extra motivation to, to go beat his former team, but... I think if you need extra motivation to go win a football game, you're probably not motivated in the right way in the first place. So he's coming in, I think, very locked in, very focused on what he and the Oklahoma Sooners need to do offensively. If anything, this kind of gives them a little bit of an insight into Gus Malzahn and what maybe some of his tendencies are between Gabriel and Lebby and what knowing kind of what he might want to do philosophically. But at this point in time in college football, there are very few secrets. You know, you play six games in a season and you've pretty much laid out most of your cards, if not all of them. And so there's not really 
maybe that much of an edge. You know, Gus Malzahn and his staff will have really good understanding of Gabriel and what he wants to do and Jeff Levy and what they what he wants to do offensively. But I think really what it just kind of comes down to is almost coming home a little bit. Now, he's not going back to Orlando, so he's not going back to his former school, but just being able to kind of have a little bit of closure with that part of his life, you know, the, the UCF part of his life. I know that he's very appreciative and thankful for the opportunity that he got there and the time that he spent there and the way he grew as a quarterback. But it's also time to say, Hey, I'm an Oklahoma sooner now and we're going forward and we're, we've got big goals and big aspirations. And, and that starts with playing really, really well this week against UCF, a team that can be had uh, on the defensive side of the football. So I think that all the motivation is there it could be Iowa State coming to town. It could be Texas coming to town. I think the motivation would be the same for Gabriel, but there is kind of a, a full circle closure moment here for him and Jeff Levy. Which uh, a lot of us in life ha- have those types of moments professionally or personally. And yeah, this is going to be one of those for Dylan Gabriel, no doubt. The The other component to it for me, John, and I don't, you know, I agree with everything you said right there. The other component to me, for me, for Dylan Gabriel is given what UCF has been or not been defensively, you've got a chance. If, if again, there's uh, too much thinking going on this week for Dylan Gabriel, which I don't think there will be. Uh, I, I tend to agree with your assessment of all of it, but let's say, let's just play the hypothetical and say there is, well, UCF's not very good stopping the run. So theoretically you can take a lot of the thinking away from Dylan Gabriel this week. And that's one of the things we want to see from Oklahoma anyways, is that they're going to go out and run the football effectively. Yeah, that's, that's the opportunity they have in front of them. And even Dylan Gabriel is going to have a chance to potentially have another big day on the ground, something he's shown very capable of this year. But if, if we were having our, our choice over how Oklahoma won this game, we'd love it if they ran out for, 400 yards like Kansas did a couple weeks back and are able to put this game away on the ground. And Dylan Gabriel's not having to throw very much, not because he can't do it just because you got to figure out some things to your running game as you go forward. And you don't want to be a one dimensional team. You got to figure out how to get your running backs becoming more effective, more efficient and help your offensive line moving forward. And this is a great opportunity to do that. That's not to say that UCF doesn't know the challenges that they've got in front of them and understanding that Oklahoma is going to have a good rushing attack or at least come in trying to stop Oklahoma's run game and put the ball in Dylan Gabriel's hands. But Oklahoma's got to go and they've got to continue to attack on the ground. And for better or for worse, you've got to keep attacking on the ground and to make teams respect it so that you can air it out and take advantage of this deep wide receiver core. Jeff Levy, I mean, there's nothing there either, right? I just don't think coaches, coaches so much less likely to get caught up in any of that because you're older first and foremost, right? And I think you're typically as you age in life, do a better job of to, you know, put this as bluntly as I can, caring less about what other people think about you, right? And uh, that's not to say that you don't care about the relationships that you build, but you're just not going to get not as likely to get caught up in those uh, kinds of emotions. So I expect, like I've been calling for, John, again and again and again, just a business-like approach from OU. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. I guess maybe Levy wasn't there with Gus Malzahn. Is, do I have the timeline right? Did he did he, did he go to Ole Miss after Hypel left for Tennessee? Is that the same time that Levy went to Ole Miss? And so maybe you know Levy missed Gus Malzahn a little bit? 
Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think he was with Gus Malzahn. Okay, so then, I, yeah, I, I, but I think there is like a healthy respect for the profession, and again, Levy's going to have a healthy respect for UCF because that's the school that brought him out of the NAIA fire. Literally, he was with the Southeastern Fire of the NAIA, and got him back into FBS football. And so, I think Levy will have you know all all due respect for the us ucf knights but also he's going to go out and try to continue making a statement as well as an offensive coordinator this is a team that last year they had areas where they were not very good and they got to continue to prove that last year is not the same as this year that this is a much more efficient third down team a much more efficient red zone team and they got to keep that going this week against the ucf knights a player who is having a heck of a season in addition to dylan gabriel is danny stutzman who is rightfully falling on all of the All-American lists. We'll talk about just what Danny Stutzman is capable of over the next six games of this season coming up after the break. Ah, football season. We're right here in the swing of it. College football time. You got to love it. And why not have some fun with some daily fantasy sports prize picks? It's the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. It's easy, ladies and gentlemen. You just select two or more players pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. And oh, by the way, one reason we love it, it's really simple and quick to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds by going over to prizepicks.com backslash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Just to give you a feel of the landscape. How about Deacon Hill? Take this and run with it, everybody out there. How about less than 99 and a half passing yards for Deacon Hill? That's uh, the Iowa quarterback. Uh, they are not throwing for a lot of yards against anybody. So there's a less than for you out there. But go to prizepicks.com backslash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Oklahoma's quarterback of the defense, Danny Stutzman, is having a phenomenal season. He's first in the Big 12 in total tackles. He's first in the Big 12 in pro football focuses stops metric, which takes into account down in distance in which that tackle is made. I know so sometimes we make so much of, oh man, they made a tackle 10 yards down the field. Well, if that tackle was 10 yards down the field on third and 12, you get a stop for it because you forced a fourth down. It's all about efficiency and success rate and advanced analytics anyway. Uh, but then he's also second in the big 12 in tackles for loss. Well, being awarded uh, rightfully so by the AP, the athletics, CBS sports, ESPN, Fox sports, and USA today sports with a mid season, all American selection at linebacker. Yeah. I mean, everywhere you look, Danny Stutzman is a mid season, all American at linebacker. And, he should be. There's no reason he wouldn't be a midseason All-American and linebacker anywhere you look. The the tackle numbers are sensational. The TFLs are obviously up this season as well. Just the impact plays that he's making across the board are up. And oh, by the way, he's the not the architect, I guess, right? But he's the quarterback defensively for this defensive turnaround, this defensive surge that Oklahoma's uh, embarking on. Right now, the massive points per game drop 
or jump, uh, depending on jump up in the national rankings there, but drop in terms of the points that uh, Oklahoma is surrendering on a game-by-game basis. Third downs, I mean, we've, we've run down the numbers a, a bunch of times, but the defense for Oklahoma has made big-time leaps, and that is in no small part. Uh, because of what Danny Stutzman is doing. He's been sensational this season. He's clearly the best player on Oklahoma right now, so there's no reason that he wouldn't be, yes, a midseason All-American anywhere you look. Yeah, as much as Brent Venables is kind of the face for Oklahoma's turnaround, Danny Stutzman seems to be the face for the defensive turnaround in particular. Just the growth and development from a year ago where he was good at times, but also he's got a better understanding of what he's being expected to do on the defense. But I also think just the leadership role that he's taken with the unit and bringing guys like Jaron Kanick along and Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis. I mean, you're seeing these young linebackers who didn't get a ton of playing time last year factor in and play significant roles this year. I mean, Kanick is a starter. Kip Lewis, I mean, how valuable has that dude been? Just every time he gets out there, he's making plays on the football, whether it's in the backfield or at the line of scrimmage or in the passing game. I mean, this group of linebackers is kind of taking their cues from Stutzman. And for a lot of the defense, the same thing. I mean, the physicality, the intensity, he's bringing it and they're following his lead. And that's helped Oklahoma become one of the top you know, a top 10 scoring defense, you know, in college football. And so that's, that's a great start for him. And I mean, it starts making you wonder, and and we don't want to cut short his time at Oklahoma, but it makes you wonder, like, is this potentially his last year? Because he's potentially raising a lot of draft stock this year um, ahead of, you know, the 2024 NFL draft. I hope he wants to stick around for one go around the, the sun in the sec, but I mean, you can't fault a dude if he wants to to go early and, and take advantage of of the buzz and the opportunity that comes before him. But just what he's done, and, and I think what Brent Venable said in the offseason at OU Media Day, just about how Danny Stetsman has taken on this significant leadership role in leading player-led practices. You know, last year he couldn't do that. This year he's doing it. And I, and I think that's no small part of why Oklahoma's defense is finding so much more success this season. No, I'm I'm with you, and uh, it's been fun to watch this uh, for Danny Stutzman. The, the guy led the Big 12 in tackles a season ago, and yet it's, uh, I think, clear to you, to me, and pretty much everybody watching that he's better this season, right? I mean, he's on a, a great pace, and just the impact plays again. I keep coming back to that for Danny Stutzman. So, hey, if he makes the decision to come back to Oklahoma for one more year, I think he's probably in this category regardless, but depending upon the team success that Oklahoma has the rest of the way, and then uh, potentially what would happen the following year, Danny Stutzman, and, and again, maybe he winds up this way regardless because it's been a little while. You know, Kenneth Murray throughout uh, you know the end of his, you know, throughout the career, pretty good, and then at the end of it, obviously wound up being a high draft pick. But uh, the totality of, of Danny Stutzman's career. This feels like for a linebacker at Oklahoma, the best we've seen in a long time. And it's sort of shaping up alongside the personality helps as well, I think in this department, but Danny Stutzman to me is an all timer right now for Oklahoma and that legendary status. Oh man, it just cranks up another notch. If you make the decision to come back, I tend to agree with you. I'd be surprised if that happens and that's not to speak it into existence. That's just kind of uh, what you expect given uh, other similar situations over the years but man I, i'd love to see him come back it's uh fun to see him in this position and he's not the only guy that you look at for oklahoma obviously dylan gabriel 
who uh, we're talking about uh, the emotions of playing UCF this week. That's somebody that uh, is on a lot of midseason Big 12 you know, list, whether it's all American or not. Right. Uh, but, uh, Dylan Gabriel and a bunch of Sooners that at the beginning of the season, John, it would have been crazy to some to have these guys on an all big 12 first team. Well, now it's like everywhere you look, those guys, it's up and down offensively and defensively. There's a ton of Sooners on those mid season lists as they should be. They're six and zero. Oh. they have a, one of the best offenses in the country, one of the best defenses in the country. And so all of those awards should be coming their way. It, it's been impressive to watch. This week, as the Sooners get ready to take on a really good rushing attack with the UCF Knights, a lot's going to come down to how well Danny Stutzman and the linebackers in particular contain a John Reese Plumley, who's a really good rushing quarterback. In addition to him, it seems like him, Canick, Kip, the defensive front, the safeties, I mean, they're going to have their hands full. If Rice Plumley is healthy, which we're led to believe that he is, but if he's, you know, the leg injury and everything, if he's truly back and has that burst about him, then uh, I don't, I mean, it's not lip service from Brent Venables. At least it doesn't sound like lip service from Brent Venables. He makes me believe him when I listen to him talk about the skill guys for UCF, uh, that they're pretty good. And obviously, you know, the, the quarterback, again, if he's physically right, that's a taxing element with his speeds. He, uh, Rice Plumbing is a bona fide athlete getting downhill when he wants to. So that will be a challenging thing for Oklahoma, and I think a good test for this defense. Just one more example of, okay, has this OU defense again turned another corner where you face a quarterback that can really run a little bit? You don't let him do a bunch of that. Yeah, it's going to be a big-time challenge, especially on the ground for the Sooners this Saturday. One thing that's not been as challenging as Oklahoma's work in the 2025 recruiting class. They've gotten a big head start on that front. We'll talk about another player that uh, is projected to Oklahoma, plans on committing in the next couple of weeks. That's one Marcus James out of Carl Albert. We'll do that after the break. Don't take a chance on your life, your well-being. Don't take a chance on your loved one's well-being. Have that peace of mind. I think of myself get into a situation where you're traveling and you don't have the proper antibiotics or life-saving uh, medication that you need. And, and you don't want that situation for yourself or again, your loved ones. That's why the Jace case, it's what you're looking for. A personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case if you want and add additional life-saving medications based on your own individual unique needs. And oh, by the way, they're customizing and they are optimizing and they are adding medications uh, all the time. They're constantly expanding that medication offering. So go to jacemedical.com, enter our code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on L O C K E D O N over at jacemedical.com J A S E medical.com. The Oklahoma Sooners are picking up big time momentum for 2025 athlete Marcus James out of Carl Albert High School in Oklahoma on Wednesday. Sam Spiegelman of On3 issued an On3 prediction favoring the Sooners. Brandon Drum of OU Insider at Rivals joined his partner Parker Thune, who had earlier predicted Marcus James to OU back in July. Drum issues a rival's future cast favoring the Sooners again on Wednesday, October 18. Marcus James is planning to commit on November 2 
at Carl Albert High School, and it looks like it's the Oklahoma Sooners' recruitment to lose at this point. Yeah, that's uh, fantastic to see, fantastic to hear, and not surprised that a Carl Albert uh, kid is thinking about coming to the University of Oklahoma, given obviously what's going on at Carl Albert with with Sperry and uh, the running back uh, over there at Carl Albert as well. So Marcus James, he's kind of uh, maybe a part of that Sooner trio when it's all said and done from over there. And uh, I think the expectation, right, is tight end, 6'3", 210. Uh, obviously, he could uh, keep adding adding weight and uh, hopefully, you know, physically continues to improve and everything. But the uh, offers, they're impressive. I, I always say let's look at the offers sheet. You know, it's 2025, so don't get super carried away just yet in terms of, okay, uh, not this star rating or that star rating. Arkansas, TCU, A&M, Utah, Arizona, Kansas, Oklahoma State. I mean, there's some big-time offers on that list, so that's that's nice for OU. Yeah, it's a it's an intriguing player, someone who could probably feature on either side of the football. And, I mean, you never know. You might see him on defense as well, you know, given that Oklahoma looks to find these guys that are just legit athletes to put at, you know, cheetah, safety, linebacker, something like that. But he's got the size already as a, you know, right now a rising junior to be able to be an effective player on the offensive side of the football as well. Dude's a really good wide receiver, a really good athlete. You watch some of his huddle highlights and I mean, just really good with the ball in space. So it wouldn't surprise me at, at any point in time to see this, the priority shift a little bit from, you know, offense to defense or back and forth, or maybe they just don't know exactly where they want to slot him in yet. But again, it wouldn't surprise me to see him on either side of the football. Um, you, you, Again, you could see him at linebacker. You could see him at at safety. You could see him at wide receiver or tight end because he's just that good of a player. And again, Josh ran down the offer sheet. That's significant. If some of these power five big time programs like a Texas A&M, a Utah, uh, Arkansas are offering, I think that that means something when you're in a recruiting battle like this. Another big time athlete that Oklahoma is looking pretty good for as he's set to make his commitment on Thursday. And that's Michael Boganowski out of Kansas, a guy that Oklahoma has been in a pretty heavy recruiting battle with Kansas state for over the last, uh, what, six months, year or so. But lately things have been trending towards the Sooners. It sounds like we're going to get an answer on that uh, come Thursday evening. So hopefully that does turn the Sooners way. Yeah, that that'll be great news. uh, If, and when, that arrives for uh, Oklahoma and, you know, with Marcus James, somebody that is listed as an athlete and probably, yeah, you're, you're right. That looks like Oklahoma's thinking defense for him. I love somebody that you, you go to two, four, seven, and he's described as a tight end. Right. So it's uh, and a lot of times, some of those, some of those great defensive players, come from offensive backgrounds too, right? Where they kind of have the ability to go attack the football and everybody for the most part, uh, a lot of times, if you're really good, probably has played a little bit of offense and defense in high school. And then you get to the college level and uh, coaches have an idea of where they're going to put you. If it's cheetah linebacker, tight end, whatever, right? Uh, It's kind of depends on the coaching staff, but I like when you think about somebody translating to the, the next level defensively that, Oftentimes they do have a little bit of an offensive background uh, because you want somebody that's not not scared, not afraid to go attack the football and, and come away with an interception, right? Well, this is what we're seeing out of Jaron Canick, right? 
a guy who played wildcat quarterback in high school now making the transition to linebacker i think it's the same thing we're going to see with eric mccarty whenever he's healthy and available a dude that played running back uh and wildcat quarterback for uh, McAllister, going to transition to play cheetah safety linebacker that kind of hybrid role probably for the sooners whenever he gets fully healthy we, we won't see him this year but in the 2024 season it wouldn't surprise me to see him start to get some snaps and get on the field a little bit. But I mean, Brent Venables is not shy about finding dudes that are just legit athletes that have great traits and transitioning them from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball. We'll see what happens with Marcus James. Again, we're a little under two weeks out from that commitment taking place, but then we have Michael Boganowski as well on uh, Thursday. We'll talk about that. Whatever happens, we'll talk about the commitment of Michael Boganowski, whether it goes into Oklahoma's favor or not. We'll also get you ready for UCF as we go through our kind of preview offense defense keys of the game make our prediction as well on our uh, friday show so make sure you're tuned in subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast we're free and available on all podcast platforms and on youtube hit that subscribe button and that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop follow josh on twitter at josh on ref myself at john nine williams the show is at locked on sooners and on facebook locked on sooners podcast but until next time he's josh helmer i'm john williams we'll talk to you then boomer sooner